You say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh man, do we have a great show. I might flub it up. I might mess it up. I might have, oh, I might make, oh, I don't know, a mistake. (laughs) Here's the deal. Uh, Mark Graben's going to join us. Uh, The mistakes that make us cultivating a culture of learning and innovation um, is is the name and title of the book. And uh, Let's be honest with each other for a second, all right? Those of you watching us on DBTV all around the world, thank you, by the way, for watching us uh, around the world. Available 250 million homes around the world. We appreciate that. And watch, thank you for watching us live streaming right now. Um, and, and then also, thank you for listening to us on radio across the country. Thank you for downloading us as a podcast. You had tons of choices. You chose us. Thank you for doing that. Here's the truth. Uh, we all make mistakes. I'm going to let you sit on that for a while because there's a caveat. Our biggest problem is we don't admit them typically. And that's because we are in environments that do not allow us to reveal our mistakes because we're going to get dressed down fear of some sort of repercussion. And so what happens is mistakes get swept under the rug and actually those mistakes are like little holes of erosion that given over the course of time become huge. And so as a business, as an organization, as human beings, right, we need to change the way we think about mistakes, which is the point of Mark's book. And we're going to talk about that with him today. And, and, and here's the thing I guarantee about every show. Here's a guarantee. I promise you that you're going to get at least three things that you're going to be able to directly apply to your business and your life. Promise. And you're going to get more than that today. Before we get to Mark, though, let's do what we do every week, right? You're, we're four-part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. The truth of the matter is if we're not growing in each one of these areas, we are never static. We are, in fact, dying because if we're not growing, we're dying. So what we have you do on the show, evaluate yourself right now on a scale of one to 10, five being average in each one of these areas. And how we do that, for example, let's take the physical. If you were to evaluate yourself on a scale of one to 10, one being, ugh, 10 being, wow, I couldn't be any better. How would you say you're doing when it comes to exercise, eating right, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water? What score would you give yourself? Now, listen, if it's a low score, it's okay. Don't panic. That's your starting place. Okay. Whatever, whatever place, right. If it's a low, if you're two. Let's just figure out how to get to a 2.5, all right? We're not trying to get to a 10, just to a 2.5. If you're a 7, it gets a little more challenging, so let's get to a 7.25. We could tweak something, okay? So that's your first number. Your second number is the mental intellectual number, right? Can't sit on the couch being a couch potato, hoping that somehow you're going to absorb knowledge and then you're just going to pass it on. No, we want to grow on our wisdom and knowledge and understanding of what we do and how we're doing it as both as a professional and as a person, Right? And there's a lot of ways to do that. One of the ways, great way, great way, read a book. This one's a good one. I, I would say, you know, the mistakes that make us. is Yeah, I mean, he's holding it up. I would say that's a pretty good idea to do that. But there's other things you could do too. You know, we've got two halves of the brain, right brain, left brain. You know, learn a new instrument. Learn a foreign language. You know, d- do things that you're active participant in your learning. So on a scale of one to ten, how would you, how would you say you're doing? Okay, that's your second mistake. 
It's a big mistake. Ha, that's your second number. I just made a mistake on saying mistake on a number. Okay, that's probably going to happen more on this show. And Mark is going to be gracious um, because he wrote the book. Uh, all right, so there's your two numbers. Third number is the emotional number, right? And if we make it really simple here. Uh, we talk about emotional quotients, emotional intelligence. But here, here's the deal. How well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? Right, first. And then secondly, how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? Now, what's interesting about that, in light of what Mark's going to talk about today, both of those things are extraordinarily important, emotional intelligence, those pieces. Because you've got to have, he even says, quote, you got to have a calm demeanor as a leader, which means that you're going to have to, under the pressure and stress of, you know, somebody making mistakes, you got to stay calm. And at the same time, we got to be empathetic towards the other person. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you say you're doing emotionally? All right, then comes the fourth area, and that's the spiritual area. And the truth of the matter is we're all spiritual. Uh, we all live by faith. You woke up this morning. Matter of fact, Mark's sipping on something, a cup of coffee or tea or a glass of water there. And, you know, he's, he's, he's sitting there, and it's his favorite mug, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Uh, my favorite mistake mug. And here's the thing. He's sipping that right now, and he believes that it's not poisonous. That's faith. The truth of the matter is, when Mark turned the key of his car, pushed the button on his car, he believed it would start. That's faith. When Mark walked across the street and he saw the sign that said walk, he believed that the cars were not going to run over him as he was crossing the crosswalk. That's faith. Mark probably has plans for the future, just like I do, and believes they're going to have them. That's faith. But the truth of the matter is, if we remove the physical, the mental, and the emotional, what we have left is spiritual. We have a spirit that wants to connect beyond ourselves, Right? But here's the bigger deal. What brings you back to a place of centeredness and joy in the midst of chaos? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it, is it meditation? Is it something else? And then the next question, is it working for you? And if it's not, what do you got to do to change it? So what number would you give you on a scale of 1 to 10 in the spiritual area? Those four areas are like the air in the tires of your car. And the truth of the matter is, if one of the areas in the tire of your car is low or flat, what happens? The car veers. It's harder to control. It's harder to steer. It's harder to move. But if all four tires are low, what happens is that over the course of time, you can ruin the car and the car's not going to be able to run. So we want to bring our tires to the right height and the right level. And speaking of someone who does that, his name is Mark Graben. He is the internationally recognized consultant, author, speaker, blogger, and entrepreneur. He specializes in lean management. We've talked a lot about lean on this show, by the way. Uh, continuous improvement, statistical methods, you know me, graduate minor in stats, you know, I love that. And people-centered leadership to cultivate psychological safety and employee engagement, working with leaders at all levels in various industries. He's authored several books. Uh, this is the latest one, The Mistakes That Make Us Cultivating a Culture of Learning and Innovation, that just came out this summer. Uh, he founded and manages leanblog.org and hosts podcasts, uh, including lean blog interviews and my favorite mistake. You can learn more by going to markgraben.com. Now, let me tell you something. It's often misspelled, and it's M-A-R-K-G-R-A-B-A-N, okay? So uh, he's not going to get mad at you if you make a mistake in spelling it, but it would be helpful to get to his website if you spell it M-A-R-K-G-R-A-B-N. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and uh, for the first time and welcome uh, to A New Direction, Mark Graven. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Uh, it's great to be here. And uh, for the record, uh, it's water in the mug. Um, drinking coffee at this time of day would be a mistake. And I think drinking bourbon 
this time of day would be a different mistake. So it's just, it's water. Uh, well, I will, t- I will say this. Uh, first of all, I've had people who drink coffee on the show. And it's been a very fast-moving show. <laughs> I've, I'm trying I've, to keep up, caffeinate and keep up with you. And then I've never had anybody drink bourbon on the show, but I am open to it if a guest wants to do that. So I'm okay with that. Uh, the book is absolutely great. Um, uh, I'm going to dig right into chapter one. Uh, you, you divide this up in the beautiful chapters. I love that. And a lot of stories and a lot of examples in the book. But the first chapter is entitled, Think Positively. And which is interesting because when we think about mistakes, I don't think we think positively about mistakes. So help us understand when we talk about mistakes, what are they? And then, then move us into thinking positively about them. Yeah. There's maybe a play on words. Um, you know, we can be positive that we're going to make mistakes. (laughs) We're all human. Um, we make mistakes. Um, there's there's another phrase that, that makes me chuckle when I sort of you know r- run across this phrase. People talk about mistakes, and there's this phrase that gets used: unintended mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm like, that's really redundant. It really is, every, isn't it? Every mistake is unintended. <laughs> um, if if not, I mean, there's different words for that, like sabotage. You know, are you sabotaging yourself or others? Probably not. Hopefully not. Right. A mistake is only discovered with some sort of hindsight perspective. It could be seconds, hours, years. You know, we 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 make the best decision that we can at a point in time, right? So, I mean, I made a decision to come on your show, Jay. Um, I have some faith that it would be a good experience, <laughs> and so far it is. You know, but and, I mean, it could maybe even still turn out to be a mistake. I think it's unlikely, right? So, you know, we make a decision of like, should I come on the show? Should I take that job? Should I hire that person? Mm -hmm. Um, Should I do anything? We're doing it based on a prediction or assumptions or faith that it seems like a good decision at the time. Mm -hmm. But then we may learn, you know, for example, well, uh, we made some bad assumptions, turned out not to be true turns out to be a mistake. And I think instead of shaming ourselves, you know, the, the the one positive thing we can do after a mistake is think about, you know, reflection. What Why did we make that decision? And then I think most importantly, and my guests on the podcast are so good at this, what would I do differently next right. time? Right. You, you present in this chapter three types of mistakes. First one is inaction mistakes and then planning mistakes and execution mistakes. And I think these are really important. Uh, because I, I think people, you know, we just think of mistakes and we don't categorize them. And I thought it was really interesting that you came out and categorized them. What's an inaction mistake? Yeah, well, you know, we probably think mostly of action mistakes, right, of, of what I did. Um, inaction or, you know, we, we might decide, you know, for example, so many people talk about career mistakes. Someone's thinking about quitting a job and finding a new one, but they don't. Mm. Like they may, I mean, in a way it's an action to stay, but I, I would say it's it's an inaction mm-hmm. and somebody might say, well, that was a regret. And I think the, the, the thing that's hard to anticipate is, you know, whether making a change, making a change might be scary because it might be a mistake. Staying in the same situation right. could also be a mistake. Yeah. That might be somehow less scary, but maybe the same impact. Yeah. I, I, I like to call these safety mistakes. Right, mm-hmm. because sometimes we feel that it's safer not to do something, mm. 
And so then we don't do anything and it's a mistake, right? How many opportunities do we miss because of an inaction mistake? That's kind of how I view it. Do I, did I get that wrong or is that Phil online? No, 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 that, that's a great point. I mean, there's, you know, the old Wayne Gretzky quote, you miss all the shots you don't take. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And, you know, taking a shot in a game of hockey or basketball or something could be a mistake, but not taking the shot could be as right. well. Yeah. So, you know, kind of think through these scenarios. And, and, and I think thinking about trying to even, you know, to prevent mistakes isn't meant to create paralysis, uh, right. you know, analysis paralysis. But, you know, I, I think there's some helpful lessons around thinking through as I'm considering a decision, what do I know versus what's an assumption? Mm. And and the, the more, you know, sometimes even delaying a decision until we can replace assumptions with facts right. might help prevent some mistakes. And that's good too. So let's talk about planning mistakes because that seems like a little bit of a misnomer to me because I'm like going, okay, well, if you're planning, <laughs> mm-hmm. how can you make a mistake? But th- there are yeah. planning mistakes. Help us understand that one. Yeah. I mean, and another way of thinking through those is to think about, you know, knowledge based mistakes. So somebody who spells my name incorrectly, right. they may spell it G-R-A-B-E-N. Right. Because as, as my wife points out, my family either says it wrong or spells it wrong or, or both somehow, right? Um, if somebody doesn't know that it's spelled G-R-A-B-A-N or even, you know, a simpler example, they spell it M-A-R-C because they don't know. That mistake, you know, is a knowledge mistake. Right. But let's say then once somebody knows and they send me an email, well, let's say they, they have three people they work with closely who are all M-A-R-C. They may send an email to me addressed to Mark with a C. Right. We might call that um, an execution mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, they they knew the right thing, but the wrong letters came off their fingertips. You know, it's a it's a mistake. Um, sometimes you know the the knowledge based mistakes or the planning mistakes are easier to correct for because we can gain knowledge. Mm. The execution mistakes fall more into the category of like, well, you know, we're all human. Right. We make mistakes. But let's say execution mistakes in a hospital could be deadly. So we don't just throw up our hands and say like, well, everyone working here is human. You you, you need to put systems and processes in place to prevent mistakes. I know I'm jumping ahead to a future chapter. That's okay. It's kind of all all intertwined. It is it is all intertwined. The, the truth of the matter is, Mark, I think we're going to jump around a lot here because okay. um, I, 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 I starting with this chapter just because it kind of gives us a framework for the rest of the book, actually, I felt uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but we are going to jump around anyway. That's okay. I, I don't mind do that. So if you want to jump around, jump around. We're good here. Um, I, I do want to talk about something though, which is a theme in this book. Uh, I felt uh, reading it a couple times, and that is replace punishment with improvement. And this idea of punishment and mistakes. You, you would think by the 21st century we would understand that punishment is not the route to go, but that's not the case, is it? Sadly not. Um, and then it, it leads to all kinds of questions around, you know, uh, why people do that. And, you know, like there's this line of thought, like I'll, I'll, I'll try to ask people like, why, why do people think punishing a mistake will lead to fewer mistakes in the future? Mm. And I've had some people push back and like, uh, people don't really think that's true, mm. but 
if a leader punishes an employee for a mistake, it does serve to deflect responsibility mm. from the leader to the employee. And um, you know, I, I think there's a certain survival trait in, in humans uh, around deflecting blame, like that probably helped you survive in very early days. And, and, and that might be part um, of, of our DNA. So um, it, it, it maybe, you know, it, it, it's, I think, pretty deeply rooted or just from the conditioning of people being punished for mistakes growing up in school. You know, I think sometimes that just gets socialized and conditioned and reinforced with people over time. I think all of those are true. I, I'm going to speak as a psychological professional where, you know, I did my master's and doctor work in psychology and studied under B.F. Skinner's last student, as a matter of fact. And, and here's what we learned about punishment that I thought was so interesting. The reason why people like to go to punishment is because it's fast and it temporarily works, but it doesn't work over the long haul because you get, you get an immediate satisfaction from punishing somebody for their mistake, but it doesn't over the long term correct the problem. All that does, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it even works in in the short term. I mean, it's quick, it's easy, right. It might feel good, you know. I mean, some, well, it some stops. It's what it does is it stops to the leader. It be. stops the immediate. Is when they say they say it's when we say it's effective. We're saying that it just stops immediately. The, the problem, what you do is you temporarily stop it. So it's momentary, right? So when yeah, we punish not them, very long. it's no, it's, it's momentary. And yeah. so it's not an effective way to do anything, but people default to it because it's easy, right? It's, it's the easiest thing for us to do, yeah. you know, having to, you know, go through and help people understand what the mistake that they made and work and walk through that process. And, you know, and we're going to talk about psychological safety because this is a big issue too in this book. Yeah. But for you to practice that in reality is is a long, longer term. And people always want to default to the shortest thing. And the shortest mm -hmm. and easiest thing for them to do is punish. Yeah. Right? And it just mm -hmm. doesn't work. It, it, and it's really hard because I'm a coach. You're yeah. a you're, you're coach consultant. You, you speak to these mega groups and, and these corporations and, and you can say it ad nauseum. You know what? It's not going to work. But because they get that immediate, well, I, I dressed them down. I made my point. It's done. And, and, you know, it stopped it. Okay. Well, maybe you stopped it for a second, but you didn't stop it over the long term. No. Well, and look, if you fire a person who makes a mistake. Right quote unquote, human error, right? which, you know, we use that phrase. I'm like, it's not a matter of blaming the human, right? Um, if you fire the human without improving the way the work is done, processes, right. systems, and what have you, you hire a new person and then they might repeat that same mistake. So what, you're going to fire them or why not proactively fire all the people who might make mistakes? But well, that, but that's everybody. Right. Well, you, you point out in the book and it was somebody who I think ended up uh, taking over Toyota or managing Toyota. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he had to recognize that when you hire new people, you have to expect mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was, uh, my friend, David Meyer. Yeah. Well, yes, that's who it was. Worked at a factory and yeah, yeah, he, he didn't run Toyota, but he had leadership roles yes. in uh, Kentucky. Yeah. 
And and he so if you fire somebody who made a mistake and then you hire somebody new, you've got to expect mm-hmm. you're gonna have more mistakes because you got somebody new, which doesn't make yeah. any sense. Right. And 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 I think the other thing you know, that doesn't make sense is or people say, well, if you don't punish the mistake, you're giving people permission to make right. more. And right. I'm like, I don't think it works that way. And look, I, um, I, I just saw two weeks ago, um, uh, commissioner of the um, New York City Fire Department, um, Kavanaugh, uh, Laura Kavanaugh, I believe. I hope I'm not making a mistake on her first name. But I saw her give a talk about their philosophy within the fire department, which is absolutely life and death in so many different ways. They don't reply. They don't rely on disciplinary and punishment based reactions to mistakes. They have a continuous improvement mindset. And again, what they do is so serious. It's the focus on systems and improving and even debriefing when things went well, that's how they get better and prevent mistakes down the line. Like, I thought it was really powerful. I would, mm-hmm. If I do a second edition, I, I would love to try to quote her in the book and the video of her talking about this is on YouTube. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. His name is Mark Graben, the at G R A B A N, by the way. <laughs> and Mark it's, with and, a K. And it's Mark with a K. <laughs> uh, the mistakes that make is cultivating culture, and learning, and innovation uh, is a book available at Amazon and uh, bookstores everywhere. Uh, just if they don't have it on a shelf, ask for it; they'll get it for you. Um, and also available on his own website, which is markgraben.com. You know what? You're listening to him here on a new direction. Hey folks, whether you're recovering from injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're having difficulty performing daily activities of living, maybe you're a professional athlete and just want to look, look, improve and, and move better and feel better, what, when you're looking for your epic relief, your epic recovery, and your epic results, there's no better place to get yourself a tailored plan for your individual needs at Epic. PT.com. Just go to EPICPT.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, for more than 38 years, they have been helping people transition in life. And uh, most people go, well, it's real estate. How do you help people transition in life? Well, think about this. Every place you ever lived has been a life transition. Every place. Whether it was your apartment, whether it was a house, you upsize, downsize, you transition in life. Truth of the matter is they've helped thousands of people being able to make that transition smoother and easier by taking the stress out of that process of purchasing and selling a home. So when you're ready for your next life transition, whether you're buying or selling, look to Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Mark Rabin, The Mistakes That Make Us, Cultivating a Culture of Learning and Innovation. Uh, brand new book came out this summer, um, so it's uh, it, it's it's a, it is a it is a really uh, interesting uh, read to say the least. Um, it certainly is eye opening. Uh, tons of examples. Mark has a podcast, and he has interviewed so many people, and uh, very 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 depth. It's it's got so much depth and insight. I, I really recommend that you read it. Um, I'm gonna say one last thing about punishment that you say in here and i think it's really really important because it's so true punishment is a hard habit to break isn't it mm-hmm. as as many habits are yeah. um you know um and i i hope the stories between the podcast and the book um kind of reinforce right i mean right. like i think if somebody's in that really hardcore you gotta punish people right. camp they're not going to pick this book up probably right but if there's somebody who's on the fence or they think oh there's got to be a better way that the stories from the ceos and founders and leaders 
you know, from the book and the podcast might help them realize, yeah, there, there, there is a different way, but then, you know, go practice. I mean, is that, I mean, it seems like we don't learn a new habit by um, reading lots of books or, you know, you got to go and also practice, right? Yeah, no, it's really true. And if you're one of those people who are listening, watching the show, however you're doing it, um, and you're one of those people who believe that punishment is the route to go, get the book anyway. <laughs> I really do. Seriously. Yeah, please do. Yeah, because you should. Because you have a growth mindset. Carol Dweck, big fan here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Have a growth mindset, right? Don't have a fixed mindset that this is the only route. Have a growth mindset. There are better ways. Uh, you, one of the things that you say here is fail often or learn to succeed, question mark. And what are, we, what are you trying to say here when you offer this question? Fail often or learn to succeed? Yeah. So... Um, before answering that real quickly, you know, categorize different types of mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's um, some frameworks out there, you know, um, one category of mistakes we would call preventable mm-hmm. because let's say if we, we know how, I would say medication errors in the hospital would fall in this category or operating on the wrong side of a patient. We know how to prevent that. And if people are able to do the right things the right way, that error won't occur. We should try to mistake proof, but then when a mistake does happen, learn instead of punish. There are other mistakes that happen in the realm of innovation or improvement where you almost, you, you're, you almost um, not just expect, but invite the mistake. As you're trying new things, um, you're going to make mistakes in your attempts to improve or innovate. And so uh, like in Silicon Valley, when people talk about uh, failure, you know, and like to me, failure is an outcome. That could be caused by a mistake. But Silicon Valley cliche is, you know, things like fail fast, fail often, mm. or fail early, fail. And I'm going, well, if we fail fast and fail early and fail small, we'll succeed. Mm. You know, so I would say, you know, fail early to help succeed. Or there's got to be a pithier way of saying it. Fail early, succeed later. Mm. Yeah, some Instead of, the, of fail early, fail often. Yeah, you have some other alternatives here. Fail early, not repeatedly. Fail fast, learn often, fail early, succeed later, fail small, not big. I mean, I mean those are alternative phrases that you throw out there, which I think are really, really helpful, yeah. you know, for people to because, start. Because, you know, I think just, you know, this idea of, um, you know, f- failing repeatedly doesn't guarantee success if, if you're not learning or if you're not learning the right things mm. from the mistakes or the failures. So, you know, in the book, I try to introduce people to some of these kind of, iterative models of, um, you know, of not just do it, but plan, do, study, adjust, I think is a really helpful that I've, you know, framework that, um, you know, is part of that lean manufacturing model that that's such an influence on me. I, I, I cannot avoid this word that you have in the book because I am probably going to make a mistake pronouncing it, but I don't care because I'm going to try it anyway. Verschlimbescherung. You do that better than I can. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, you have to try to ramp up to that word. Yeah, you, you, it's, yeah. it's a German word. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the more I say it, the more I kind of like saying it. Uh, unfortunately, it means an attempted improvement that only worsened things. <laughs> and it's, well, why did the, you know, I don't speak German, but isn't it amazing that they have these long words to yes. describe a concept? We would need like six words right, right, right. to articulate. But that happens, and, and, and it's a mistake 
But again, it comes back to the question of like, do you punish somebody for attempting an improvement that either doesn't make things better or only makes things just a little bit better? Like if you're falling short of goals, um, again, like I think to, to be kind and constructive about it means to, to focus on learning and iteration or um, improvement instead of punishment. Like if, if, if somebody's got, um, you know, a continuous improvement program or an innovation center, and if you demand that every single improvement or innovation be a winner, people are going to be really cautious. Mm. You're probably not going to really get that much activity. Or they're going to try things that are just like such incremental safe improvements mm. that you're really, you're not going to get very far. So, you know, in a realm like that, it's not a matter of life and death. If, you know, you, you, you update your software and it's actually slower now than it was before, like that can be learned from, that can be corrected, even though it was arguably a mistake. Yeah. Um, you, you, you talk about sharing mistakes requires psychological safety and psychological safety is a theme that runs throughout the entire book, by the way. Um, at least that's how I read the book. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's, it's, a, it's a theme that centers around all of this. And of course, uh, Dr. Amy Edmondson, uh, who wrote the fearless organization, um, uh, psychological safety is a belief that one will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, question, concern, or mistakes. And she recommends that we shift away from punishment to a positive path. And this is where we, she distinguishes three types of mistakes, preventable, complex, and intelligent. Yes. Uh, and so can you walk us through preventable, complex, and intelligent a little bit more clearly um, yeah. that we can kind of get a better handle on that? Yeah. And, and Amy Edmondson um, is an influence uh, between her books. And I, I had a chance to interview her. Um, years ago. And in fact, she has a new book out right now about learning from failure mm. called The Right Kind of Wrong, mm. where she elaborates on a lot of this. Um, you know, so kind of touched on, you know, a preventable mistake is something that really just shouldn't happen. Right. Um, intelligent failure, or I, I would say intelligent mistakes, are what I was talking about when you're trying to improve or innovate. You almost have to expect uh, the mistakes are going to happen and, um, you know, it's intelligent to, you know, uh, move forward. Or I've, I've, you know, so I was reading something the other day, someone's definition of an intelligent failure is a failure that's useful and because we can learn and we can improve. Mm. And I, I've been talking with a, a few friends of mine, you know, professionally about like something about the phrase, I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, on this, Jay, sure. with your background, like something about the phrase intelligent failure doesn't ring true to me because it implies that others are dumb. And like, I don't think it has anything to do with dumb no. or intelligent. It's almost more like um, in that third category, they're, 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 they're almost like planned. Yeah. That, that's, that's where I would go with that. I, I think that's what she's referring to here. I think it's that, you know, you've, 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 you've created the experiment, right? And in every experiment, because I come from uh, a science background, in every experiment, you have your hypothesis and then your null hypothesis. That is the that is the null hypothesis is is that okay, this is what should happen if we do nothing. Here's our here's our expected hypothesis. Our hypothesis is one that if we make this change, this should happen, right? And what happens is, let's say you do the experiment and your experiment fails and it defaults to the null hypothesis. Well, it's intelligent 
mistake because you've set out the experiment, Mm -hmm. right? But it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to work out. Yes. And so, but, and and I, I hated to jump that far ahead, but the truth of the matter is, and we don't talk about this in, in any literature or at least very rarely, but the information that you gather from supporting the null hypothesis mm-hmm. versus the error or not being able to support your experimental hypothesis is equally as important to the science. Meaning that I performed this experiment, it failed or it didn't work, right? It was a mistake in judgment. The null is, is now being demonstrated correct. That doesn't mean that the null hypothesis is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. It only means that I didn't set up the experiment possibly in a correct way for for the factors to work out. But I still, in what I did, supported the null thought process. And so it's an intelligent mistake because you've 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 designed the experiment, you've done everything that you could, and and yet yeah. it didn't work out, and it defaults to the null. To me, that's yeah. That's intelligent. That's an intelligent mistake. It's not that it. Sure. It, it's sure. It, that that's what I, that's how I see that. I think that she's yeah. saying there. Yeah, and and to be able to do that in a workplace to be like an experimental mm-hmm. improver requires psychological safety, because mm-hmm. it requires this inherent ability to say, "We're going to go try something. It might not work. We might be wrong." Right. And if that's punished, people are going to stop trying uh, to improve. And it's really powerful when leaders, instead of being like, I, I think, you know, we crave certainty, like, you know, oh, absolutely. tell me, you know, you're going to go, you're going to go work on this project. Tell me, you know, it's going to be a success. I'm like, I can pretend right. to know. <laughs> I could, <laughs> right, I could right, tell right. you, I know if that's right. what you want to hear. Um, yeah, but then uh, back to your question, though, and we, maybe we don't spend too much time on it. It's up to you, of course, that middle ground, right? right? So if we have preventable mistakes, then we'll have, uh, quote unquote, intelligent mistakes right. in the middle are um, where they call you know, complex failures or complex mistakes. I, 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 I've come to think of these as being like unanticipated right. failures, right? So you think about like the medication errors and things that are known to be risks or things that are known to cause mistakes, mm-hmm. that middle category, it's sort of like a known situation with uh, unusual circumstances mm-hmm. have now created something where like, oh, we're making that form of mistake for the first time. And we didn't even really like know about the possibility to right. think about trying to prevent it. Does that right. seem? No, I, here's how I, I, I yes, funny. it does. I, I How I saw that, at least how I read it, was that there are a whole number of miscellaneous and extraneous factors that operate outside of ourselves that can affect a great plan. <laughs> and yeah, so a, a previously great plan. Yeah, a previously great <laughs> plan. And it winds up that what we thought was going to work isn't because we did not there was no way that we could anticipate something from the outside in the environment or even within the environment that would have affected our plan. And and this happens this happens all the time. To folks, you know, nobody anticipates a, you know, you know, that, you know, they're going to all of a sudden, you know, if you work in the financial industry, that, you know, FINRA is going to add another, you know, issue that you can no longer do. It happened when social media came out and everybody was on social media and then all of a sudden FINRA came out 
the financial institution that governs financial uh, advisors, and they came out and said, don't get on social media initially. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, nobody anticipated that because they were building businesses on that way. Right? There was no plan for that. There was nothing that you could have done, but it was a snake, and then all of a sudden all the companies had to back off, and now they're kind of letting them back in under certain conditions. I think that's a complex mistake. That's at least how I understand it. Sure. Is, is sure. that fair? I, th- I think so. And, and you know, it's that middle ground. And, and right. there's some judgment calls around what you should have known, what you should have expected, right. what you should have tried to prevent. Right. Um, like, for example, I mean, you mentioned, fi- uh, you know, the uh, financial world. Do you remember the, the we'll call it the Wells Fargo scandal oh, from a few years ago? Oh, yeah. You know, people working in branches, including managers, were um, without customer authorization setting up um, new accounts. Right. Um, and and so there there were all you know lawsuits, fines, and 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 the bank fired like a couple thousand people. And like they're blaming people that were doing something that I think was very predictable when the CEO set a goal. Of, well, every customer should have eight financial instruments, and it rhymed. Eight is great. Right. And there was this goal, and there was this pressure. And I'm like, to me, that's not an unexpected failure. I would call that a preventable failure. Sure. What? What? What did? What did you try expect? not to curse? What did? What did they expect to happen? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I wouldn't call that an intelligent experiment of like, well, well let's see what happens when we set <laughs> no. this aggressive goal. No. Like, I think anyone with some understanding of, of, of human behavior. I'm not a psychologist, but right. I'm like, oh, people are going to game that system. They're going to cheat. They're going to fudge the numbers. And I'd say that's a systemic problem, right? So I'd say it was a mistake to have that goal. It's a mistake to fire all the people who are quote unquote unethical. Right. You know, um, just, you know, Right. Well, were, were they unethical? Was it, was it ethics really? Or was it that the way they pushed the system pushed people into doing something that wound up being unethical. Oh, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say those are unethical people. Right. You might say they did an unethical thing, but right. I would say it go. was absolutely kind of forced upon them right. by the system of do this or lose your job. Right. Like, that's right. Really unfair to put people right. in lower, you know, in lower wage jobs, you know, right. and, and to put anybody in that kind of situation. Nurses get put in that position, right. you know, all the time where they're. Um, if they're lacking the psychological safety to speak up and challenge a surgeon in the operating room right. and, and and nurses sometimes get lectured around like, well, you should speak up. It's your professional obligation to the patients. And they're like, yeah, but if they're going to get fired, like, no, like you right. got to eliminate the fear and the danger. Right. Instead of just telling people like you should be brave and like sacrifice your paycheck and maybe lose your home. Like, no, that, that I think that's a mistake to lecture people like you should speak up. Right, I, 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 it's so much more complicated, and 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 it yeah. certainly is. And this this is a great place to enter into chapter two, admit mistakes, because, you know, we see we have seen nationally in in all sorts of areas where people don't want to admit their mistakes. They try to cover it over, they deny it, they try to run it over. But the truth is, like, if you take, I think it was Johnson and Johnson years ago with the Tylenol issue, and I can't remember the. Uh, the CEO of Johnson Johnson came out and said, "Listen, we 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 messed up here." You know, this is back with the the tampering. Yes, so we, we're, we're going to take yeah, yeah we're going to take responsibility for here. We're going to pull everything off the shelves. We're going to pay everybody out. They didn't even try to they didn't try to hide it. They didn't try to deflect it. He came right out and he just came sure. out and said, "Hey, listen, we're going to take responsibility for this." 
that's not easy to admit mistakes. Yeah. You know, and and you you and and here the problem is I think that you try to bring up here is that and this is related to psychological safety and punishment. When we when we operate out of punishment and we don't have true psychological safety in our businesses, what are, what do you expect people to do? They're not going to admit anything. Right. Right. So what's the answer? Yeah. Um, I, I think, well, so first off on, on the J and J thing there, like it's interesting to think it, it's admirable that J and J took responsibility and pulled everything off the shelf. I'm sure there were some people at the time who were saying that's a, mis- that's a business mistake. They did. You know, that this was just, you know, uh, it w- but you know, when when somebody in the moment is saying you're making a mistake, it just means they have a different hypothesis or different prediction right. than you do in the moment. And I'm not saying J and J did the wrong thing, but when you look at that situation, I'm like, there was widespread, you know, tam- widespread enough tampering. How many people died I don't remember, from I don't, that? I don't remember the number. But people died from yeah. You know, it wasn't a J and J manufacturing error. It was right. somebody tampered with the, pa- the the packaging. And so maybe that was an, an unanticipated failure, but the industry learned from that and, you know, uh, buy a bottle of pills and it's got double, triple, you know, <laughs> seals in different ways, right? Yeah, because I can't um, open my Tylenol bottle now uh, without getting help that, from... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's become um, a preventable right. failure when maybe back in, when that happened, if that was what, 1980, early yeah. 80s. But... Um, but I think when, like on a couple of different levels, back to your question of, of what can we do to help people feel safe to admit mistakes? I think for one, I, I think part of the power of um, the My Favorite Mistake podcast is like these really successful people coming on and telling a story about a mistake. They're not blaming anybody. Like there might've been factors that weren't their fault, but they're taking ownership and responsibility for what they did. And I think that sets a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of that human level. Can we learn to admit mistakes even to ourselves? And then there's a second level, like within the workplace, where people have been taught they get punished for admitting mistakes. So they channel their energy into hiding mistakes instead of learning from mistakes and preventing um, their recurrence. What leaders can do, and I'll, I'll cite um, uh, Timothy R. Clark, another excellent book on psychological safety, the four stages of psychological safety, says what leaders can do is first off model the behaviors, such as saying, I was wrong, I made a mistake, you know, things that he he labels uh, you know, vulnerable acts, because they are acts that uh, I almost think just calling them dangerous or risky acts, you know, puts the focus on on the act and, and the the way that act might be. Uh, responded to in the workplace, that leaders need to model these vulnerable acts and then reward people when they follow their lead. Mm. You know, so you can't just encourage people, I want you to feel safe. I want you to speak up. When people speak up, you you need to pretty actively reward them for doing so. I don't know, is what's the Skinner psychology around punishment and, and reward? Is it more helpful to reward? Absolutely. And does, yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it, matter of fact, it, the whole idea behind punishment is it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, it's... But do rewards help? Do they work better? They they do. And and rewards mean different things to different people. I mean, you even... It doesn't point, mean money. It doesn't, it doesn't mean money. I mean, yeah. you even talk about this. A thank you 
for admitting your mistake can be a powerful reinforcer. Yes. Right. And that's, that's the point. And speaking of something reinforcing, it's this book, it's called the mistakes that make us cultivating a culture of learning and innovation. It's very reinforcing. I promise you it is. It's not punishing at all. It's absolutely fantastic. It's not a pun. Can I put that on the cover? Yeah, it's, it's not a punishing read. It's not a punishing Coach read. Jay. It's 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 a it's a reinforcing read uh, <laughs> by Mark Graven. You're listening to here on New Direction. Hey, folks! Epic Physical Therapy offers the most advanced, top of the line equipment, including the Alter G Anti Gravity Treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, and Game Ready. That's just a few. The trained and certified, most cutting edge treatments available, like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, and that's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors for more than 38 years. They've been serving the world uh, in real estate, and uh, they they can help you. And you go, how do they do that? I thought they were only in Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, they're independently owned and operated, unaffiliated with any company, privately owned, and so they've made relationships with the best real estate professional in your area. So if you're ready to start your home journey, your transition journey, no matter where you are, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. They're going to find the right person for you. That's lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction with uh, Mark Graven, his book, The Mistakes That Make Us. Um, hopefully you're enjoying the show. I'm actually having a great time uh, discussing this with you. I'm I feel like we're thinking a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're making you're making me think. Like I'm having fun. This and and I'll say forty some minutes in, definitely not a mistake to be here with you today. And I hope you feel the same. Oh, I do. Like I, feel, I feel the same. You feel the same way. I do. <laughs> I do. I I do feel that way because I feel like we're, you know, we're digging into this material and really thinking through it on a much deeper level. And but I think it's important because you know this is a very real issue. And, and we yep. don't want people hiding. I mean, you make the point, you know, we don't want people hiding their mistakes. We want, we should want people to do it. And if anyone has demonstrated this, and you talk about them uh, a lot in this book, is Toyota has set for us a beautiful example mm-hmm. of handling mistakes. There's the Andon cord, there's Kaizen, right? right? Talk yeah. about what your experience is with Toyota and, and, and Toyota and handling mistakes. So you know, there's there's stories um, in the book that were born from the podcast, and 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 this is where like I think when you start seeing patterns, or okay, I have two people's stories, and then there's a third story from someone else, or I'm quoting a story from their book. Is 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 three data points just three examples, or is it illustrative of a consistent culture? Mm. And you know, from what the Toyota ideals are, they're not perfect. They make mistakes, but there does seem to be a very consistent culture. Like one story in the book was from uh, Asao Yoshino, who started his career with Toyota in Japan in the 1960s. David Meyer, an American, started his career in Kentucky in the late 1980s. And they have stories that are so similar. You know, um, Asao Yoshino, early job in a paint shop, David Meyer, uh, in a, a parts molding area. And the punchline of both stories is, you know, there were defects and somebody had loaded the wrong chemical into the machine. The response from the leaders, Japan 1960s, Kentucky 1980s, was so eerily similar of not only not punishing Yoshino or Meyer for their involvement 
in the mistake. They almost apologized. Mm. You know, the frontline workers in those in those stories basically being apologized to. I'm sorry that we put you know, I'm paraphrasing, but like we're sorry that we put you in that position mm. because the mistake wasn't your fault. You know, it's a systemic problem. And I think in both cases, like the chemical wasn't even supposed to be there. It was more just like a delivery error, drums full of material look the same. And I imagine there's all kinds of cognitive biases and traps of like <laughs> a thousand times it's the correct barrel. You're going to, you know, if somebody slips the wrong barrel in there, mm. you're not going to notice. And, and that's where I think, you know, in, uh, when there are, mix-ups like that in healthcare that harm or kill patients, I think it's counterproductive. Like even sometimes nurses will attack their own and say, you should have, over, you know, mm. I'm trying not to shout, you should have read the label. Mm. If you always read the label, that wouldn't happen. But I'm like, well, life and work is more complicated than that. Yeah. Like how would you be on guard for a mistake that isn't supposed to happen right. in these situations? So that Toyota culture of Again, not just excusing mistakes, but learning from them instead of punishing them um, in, in this broader uh, environment of psychological safety that allows people to, to you know, uh, pull the and on cord, if you will, you know, to, to reach up and pull this cord and say either, you know, to indicate there's a problem, I made a mistake, I dropped a part, you know, that, that leaders respond it, you know, with the spirit of helping and learning and improvement and prevention instead of punishment. Like it's, it's a really powerful culture and, and you can find that in other organizations, thankfully, but I think it's the exception. Yeah, I do too. I, I do too. Uh, in, in, in interviewing, you know, people who've actually been there on the plant floor and, and have, you know, really have are you know, studied their lean, got their lean from being there, right. Understanding lean right. from there. It, and understanding Kaizen, it was just, it's phenomenal. They're a whole different group of people. They're just not like anything that we see typically. Um, I want to hit William Edwards Deming, um, yeah. who was one of my favorites, and I think one of yours too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and he has a quote here. It says, American management is quick to assign blame to an individual when the problem is, in fact, a fault in the system. And then you make a comment after that. This is still true. And you do, throughout this book, talk about systemic mistakes. And that mm -hmm. oftentimes it's our system that's the problem, not the person. In fact, probably right. most of the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you think of, like, how work is designed and how people work together and how they interact within a team or across departments... There are, and I'll come back, you know, I do a lot of work in healthcare. So I come back to attempts to prevent medication errors. You know, there's a lot of um, barcode scanning and um, you know, attempts to make the packaging not look identical to, to different drugs. And, um, but, you know, you know there, there's a situation that I think is very systemic when, you know, let's say they put a, a, bar, a, a wristband on the patient with a barcode. And the way it's supposed to work, this sounds like a well-designed system is, okay, I'm gonna scan the medication. I'm gonna scan the patient's wristband. Um, if there was a near miss, the system would beep and flag that mistake and then and we can avoid it. But then there are problems where, um, you know, nurses are, um, you know, overworked or there's understaffing. They're in a rush. 
the technology is really glitchy and too slow. And then nurses are driven to do the thing that's similar to the Wells Fargo situation of they'll print out extra barcodes and they'll scan the barcode at the medication station instead of scanning it on the patient. I, I would argue something like that is a systemic mm. mistake. It's not an unethical nurse. It's not a lazy nurse. It's not a bad nurse. Like you have to look at those contributing factors. Uh, you know, and, and when you see similar responses to bad systems, I, I think what you have to do is improve the system, yeah. not just go firing people and, and find new ones. Uh, we've got two minutes, a little under two minutes to go here. Uh, at the end of the day, mistakes lead to success, don't they? If we learn from them and if we improve, I think is... The rest, to me, the completion of that thought and sentence. Mm. I think one of the things that comes out of this book is that, though, the people who do that are the most successful. The people who avoid them or ignore them are generally not. Yeah. And I think there's there was a lesson and a pattern. Boy, it was reinforced with me interviewing all these people on my favorite mistake. People aren't successful because they avoid mistakes. They're successful because they learn from their mistakes. And some of them are maybe successful because they make more mistakes mm. than others. And I think that's that's a powerful lesson. That's awesome. Uh, we've done our hour. Tell people how they get a hold of you, Mark. Yeah, uh, they can go, uh, maybe easier to spell, mistakesbook.com. Okay. Um, it's got to be plural. Mistakesbook.com has more information. They can download a free sample chapter if they're afraid buying the book is a mistake. <laughs> Even after all of your kind words, Jay, um, they can read the sample and see if that draws them in. Um, they can use you know, the Amazon Look Inside the Book feature. So it's available uh, paperback, hardcover, Kindle, coming very soon, Apple Books. And it's also available as an audio book. If people can stand the, the sound of my voice for five hours. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. Yeah, but um, mistakesbook.com. I'm sorry, Jay. They, they can, I, trust me, I, I've done two of them and they can Maybe handle my voice. They, so, so yeah, if they can handle mine for eight and a half hours, they can handle yours for five. Trust me, I, I can get that. You've been awesome, brother. Stay with me, will you? Hey, folks, yeah. you know what? This is the show. You know, uh, as we say, as I say to you every week, you know what? You're in control of three things in your life, your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. And the fact of the matter is there are going to be circumstances that happen, but at the end of it all, you still have control of your attitude, your effort, and how that's how excellent you're going to be. And you know what? We all get hit in the mouth now and then, but we it's up to us to get back up. Take control of those things because you can. I'll be back next week with another great guest and another great book, which means it's automatically going to be another great show. As I say to you all over the world, you had a great, you had a number of choices, you chose us. Thank you. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Give us a positive review. As I say to you all over the world, you know what that is. Ciao. Every To go a different way, yeah The time has come Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction A new direction, a 
Make sure.